Lovejoy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to even get through the podcast. And I want to point out, my first aid at work certificate does not extend to delivering an infant. How, how many days have we got to go? Two. Two days till the due date. So this could be a podcast, but I mean, I'd, love the, I'd love him to pop out that quickly. In the next oh, half an hour. Right? In the next, yeah. Do you think that would help our ratings? <laughs> if we could advertise it, it's like no pressure, but if you could... That would be that would fab. be amazing. I'll try my best. Uh, the most important thing we need you to do this episode, Helen, is to tell me and Polly what's happening because we're looking at our notes and going. I did watch this a while ago. I watched it like yeah, I did as well. well um, if we have to break like a week, off couple to, of weeks uh, ago, probably. Right. Hello, everyone. I'm Helen. I'm Paul. I'm M. This is. Oh, oh, <laughs> you do it. She's got to do it. It's your last one. Oh, so this is Lovejoy, actually. It's my last one for a little while, possibly only for like four or five, but for the listeners, I'm going to have a long break because I'm about to pop out a child. Hopefully not in the next half an hour yeah. or so. Although, as, as we say, it might increase the ratings. I yeah. Well, cheers. 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 So cheers to this. Yeah. And good luck, Helen. I've Thank got that kind know. of feeling about me. Like, you know when it's the last day of term when you're allowed to bring games into school? Was that what Yeah. 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 What games would you have? What, what would you? Have? Oh, I sport like boring things like next four. Yeah, yeah, and um, frustration. Hungry hippos. Yeah, I took in hungry hippos, and then but when I got to about nine, there was always the wanky kid with the Game Boy who yeah. wouldn't let anybody else play, no, and they would. We like, never they, had the whole point. Games. The whole point was that you were meant to bring in like shit, like the game of life. Do you remember the game of life? The most Thatcherite thing ever. All I can remember is that I always bought a book. You can be a winner with the game, game of, of life. Oh, I remember like the wrong Oh, tune. no, go on. You probably no, I know. It was like, you can be a winner at the game of life. Or something like that. It was something like that. And it had the woman with the blonde hair. <laughs> it's not the big break theme again. <laughs> it was a bit more like Generation Game. That <laughs> but she, she did, didn't she? It was like this wholesome looking blonde woman beaming about the fact that she'd just got a mortgage on the game of life. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've never played game. the game of life. Well, you've, clearly. You've not missed not it. Not played well, it in real life yeah. either. No, I failed at it, both in life <laughs> and, on the board. and on the board. Anyway. Um, do you know, I've just learned, there's a, there's a name for the type of podcast we are, which I didn't know. We are a recap podcast. Ah. We are a recap podcast about Lovejoy. Welcome to a recap podcast about Lovejoy, the 90s TV comedy drama. I was about to say, we were a bad podcast. <laughs> a niche podcast. A bad. niche. Oh, niche is quite Niche good. is a good word. We definitely it's definitely niche. niche. It is niche. Recap. Oh, I kind of thought it would be like a cooler, cooler name than that. Um, so, series four, episode nine, they call me Midas. So the UK TV plays summary. They haven't really bothered. They, they're kind of getting lazy now. So all they're describing it now as is classic 90s drama. Oh, I mean, that's how we like just describe run it. Out of, yeah. yeah it's it's like, like we at least go run out of, drama. Yeah, I was going to say, we've, they're not even we've run out of different it. ways of saying, you know, Lovejoy's old mentor invites him, Eric and Tinker, and Lady Jane to take part in a country house con. Mm. I mean, he does. That's, again, I mean, it's accurate. But it, did, it, did, it did leave me with a lot of questions when I, yeah. when I read that. I was like, before I watched the episode, I was like, okay, so hang on a minute. Does does Jane, he invites Jane to take part in a con. I don't feel like Jane would willingly take no. part in a con. Um, 
And what is a country house con? Is it like a specific... <laughs> well we all ought to like, be like, oh, you know, your old country house you con. You know, a, a classic country house con. But it might be a bit of like classic shooting weekend. Or was it, what, was, what did Prince Andrew say? Like a, just a normal, just a standard shooting weekend. You know, just the bog standard shooting weekend that oh, we all go well, on. I mean, that's very relevant to which this. I, which, course, which, I, which I thought was a bit like this, like, oh, you know, just your, just your standard country house con. You know... So, so yeah. to some people it probably is though, isn't it? Because they do talk about you know when they later on they have their shooting with you. Oh, you know, just a spot of shooting, which I think, oh, which I think did also make me think of it. Sorry, because I thought of it at the weekend. beginning, and then I actually it happened later on, so it was oh. quite funny. And in the credits, I was very excited to see the name Richard Griffiths. Oh, so was I. This was around the same time. Did you used to watch Pie in the Sky? Pie in the Sky. sky. I, loved, I loved Pie in the Sky. I don't think I ever watched Pie in the Sky, although I'm very aware of it. So maybe I did, and it sort of just melded had, into one with Midsummer Murders and this. I forgot my name, but the woman. Who's, who's been in all sorts of things? His wife was in the wife in Fisherman's Friends. Fisherman's Friends recently, which is a really good film that you ought to watch. I don't think anybody's watched. It's really, really good. No, I'm Maggie not. Steed. Her name was Maggie Steed. Oh. I was about to say, I'll cut it in, but she's dreadful. No, Maggie Steed. Well, Richard, I was very excited. My, I think possibly my favourite film of all time, although it may have just been beaten by Pride recently, but possibly my favourite film of all time is The History Boys. I've not seen it. Oh, oh no, 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 you're not terrible person. person. The History Boys has the best line in it ever. Which, and the, the, my favourite line in The History Boys is, I'm short, I'm a Jew, I'm a homosexual, and I live in Sheffield. <laughs> I'm fucked. <laughs> and it's just the best line. It's the most beautiful line. I love that. You've got to watch This is your I will watch work. it. That'll be my homework. I've got it on video. This is your, uh, on, uh, not video, I've got it on DVD video. <laughs> I'm back in the Lovejoy days. I used to have all of Lovejoy on video. But anyway. VHS. VHS. It's by uh, Roger Marshall, who we we can slag off. We agreed a few podcasts. Well, I don't, know, we, dead. But I don't think we can slag off. <laughs> <And then, like, laughs> was quite good so I'm not yeah. going to speak like really ill of him yeah this episode they call me Midas by Roger Marshall of public eye fame which neither of you two have seen um, also a drama Benin, on Benin Bronze fame Benin. as well yes. and the ring fame and the ring yes, which were excellent yeah. he's, he's like got quite a strong TV writing calibre I suppose yes, he does, but um, so uh, thank you Roger, wherever you are, possibly haunting Polly's flats. I was going to say, now he's in Collindale. And he's going to be right disappointed. I can, I've just got an image of him. How the fuck did I end up here? What, what the fuck is this? Why did this woman speak ill of me? Exactly. Anyway. Now I have to haunt her in Collindale. In Collindale. <laughs> that's the worst. That's got to be purgatory, isn't it? Like Collindale is purgatory. So the episode opens with Jane looking for Lovejoy. And she finds him in a skip. Bin diving. Hey. Bin diving. He's got some very stylish degrees on. Yeah, and he's like he's found a broken Minton. Well, I've I've written here broken yeah, Minton, Minton roll, which doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah. all, all I've written, I can't help. All I've written is very stylish dungies. Uh, so I yeah, so basically, I think was I think we're supposed to surmise from the fact that he's been diving there. He's again, once again, still as remains down on his luck at the moment. Poor old Lovejoy, he's not having a great time. About I was going to say he's checking him a while. And straight away, then the the mentor comes in. So the mentor who's gonna like get them to take part in this country house called Jim Leonard, who basically is Lovejoy's mentor, but not his mentor in like you know learning about antiques. Mm. His mentor in how to run a successful antiques business. No. His mentor in you know running a successful auction. No, no, his mentor in forgery. His, yes, his well, grifting his mentor. mentor. Yes, his grifting mentor. So like mentor. I mean, 
yes, is the right word, but you know, not in not in good activities. And then so he's got a message from Jim Leonard, um, you know, that she's trying to get in touch with him. And obviously, we know it's probably something to do with this infamous country yes. house, standard country house. That, you know, the famous, you know, it's a miracle they've not done it already, isn't it? <laughs> There's a very interesting pronunciation of Van Gogh at this point. How do you say Van Gogh? Van Gogh? Now, Van... we've had this argument Van... so many times. So isn't it, so, so in, we say Van Gogh, obviously, in the UK, most people say you Van Gogh. You say Van Gogh, oh, I say Van In America, they <laughs> say Van Gogh. <laughs> Let's call the whole thing Van Gogh. In America... <laughs> I'm right proud of that. Sorry, that was very no, good. That was funny. In America, they say Van Gogh, but is it Van Gogh or something? But isn't the well, actual it, the actual pronunciation is like Van Gogh? Well, in Gogh, this episode of Lovejoy, that is how Lovejoy pronounced it. Van yeah, so he's, he's pronouncing it <laughs> the correct. Van yeah. Van 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 have I have I just been really rude to the Dutch? I might cut that uh, out. I mean, to be fair, a lot of Dutch does sound like that. Coughing. My favourite episode, this is absolutely nothing to do with anything, and I don't know how many Whovians we have listened to this, my favourite episode ever of Doctor Who is the one with Van Gogh in it, and, um, and Matt Smith. And I'm no, not a Whovian And you're either. both looking uh, at me like, sorry. I don't know what she's on. Did you sort of talk to when I was a kid, like the whole typical hiding behind the sofa Oh, thing. Sylvester McCoy. No, well, well, well even then I was a bit like... No. So, no, since they chose Sylvester McCoy over Chris Jury, I'm not going to watch it, am I? Chris Jury would know be my Doctor then. Who. That's true, we didn't know back then. I like Jodie Whittaker. She's northern. She, she is. It's about the time they had a I mean, daughter from Huddersfield. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and a woman. Huddersfield. 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 So, yeah, so Jim is trying to get in touch with Lovejoy. And Jim is also hanging out with Richard Griffiths. What, obviously, not. he's playing a character. He's pretending he's to pretending be someone to be else. He's, I believe it is known as acting. <laughs> <laughs> For he is an actor. And, and then he, they, he's like, so this is where the title comes from. Like, they call me Midas. So Richard Griffiths' character is like, Works for this so Xanadu. Works for an organisation called Xanadu. Xanadu. Oh, sorry. Which exactly which Xanadu. Do you know what we should have looked yeah. up that I've just realised we haven't done? Xanadu. What is the thing about Xanadu? I'm mixing it up. In Xanadu de Kubla Khan, a state of pleasure dome decree. And Xanadu doesn't really exist, right? It's no, it's joke? by Samuel Sailor Coleridge. Yeah, isn't it's, it like it's not a, a joke so much as a <laughs> Not, oh, that's a, that's why it's fucking hilarious. Those romantic poems are fucking no, I, hilarious. I think, I think it's it's an actual place. Like Timbuktu is an actual place, but it's. I kind thought of, Zandu was a bit like Atlantis. I think I'm it? mixing oh, it up with I it was more like Timbuktu. Anyway, right, yeah, yeah, on. no, well, it, it, it was an actual place. Yeah, it was this, was the summer capital Shangdu is now oh, it's the summer okay. capital of Kublai Khan's Yuan, Yuan Empire. Yeah, but it's a bit like Timbuktu, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, a, like actual a mystical place. place. It's an actual place, but also. Mystical people say it to mean like a mystical yeah and that Coleridge poem is that the one that got interrupted by the person from Porlock or is that a different one I'll look it up I'm not sure in Zamdu de Kubla Khan a stately pleasure dome decree where after the sacred river ran them through something, something like that measureless to man down to it's down to a sunless sea anyway I remember the down to a sunless yeah. sea bit so oh, that is the one that gets interrupted by the person. Yeah, I think it is. Isn't so, it? I used to be able to recite it. Not the fact you're always thinking of Samuel Taylor Coleridge. The first thing I thought of was Olivia Newton-John. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you Google Xanadu, that is the first thing that comes up. So eighties like sci-fi fantasy like musical. But Xanadu in this instance isn't a place. It's a like a firm, a gallery, an organization. Yeah. yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And his so Richard Richard Green's character. What was his name? Was it Hans Cookman or something? I Goodman. I think Goodman. Goodman. I think it's Cookman. It, oh yeah, I've looked it up. It is Hans Cookman. In which case, can you please cut out a bit where I say Goodman? <laughs> yeah. oh, no, I'm 
Joaquin the Goodman because it was almost he Richard Griffiths was doing a good job of his acting, but mm. I couldn't his accent. I didn't. Yeah, it was like sort of it. generic, like he did generic European. European. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say I wrote what the hell is that accent? I mean, it was very. It wasn't. It was consistent. I mean, I couldn't. Like, do it wasn't, you know, like to be fair. true. It was a consistent accent. It but just wasn't any. It wasn't anything that you would actually tell what it was. Did you? Do you remember who was that? Um, remember his name and I'm going to probably Google it who was that the football manager that did an awful Dutch <laughs> accent and it was so oh, yeah. it was so funny oh that was um, so funny it was yeah. um, what's the, oh, oh Steve Steve McLaren and he's like yes yes she started talking like this I'm doing a Dutch accent yes and it was very good yes yeah, she, 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 they play well football. it was the most bizarre thing so yeah that's probably where well no it might have been after Richard Griffiths did this my name but he I don't know where he was getting his notes from for his accent so yeah, so basically we meet Richard Griffiths. He's at this um, a young artist show, Ron Noakes, who was lovely. He was very cute, twenty three year old young Ooh. artist, and he basically offers to buy the whole show, but for some derisory amount. So like the Ron Noakes, yeah. the young artist, gets uh, ten, ten grand, ten grand, and Ron says that's five years work, and um, he's like, I'm buying your potential. So I'm investing he, in you. Yeah. So so yeah, basically that was that's what we learn. What he does. What what Xanadu does is finds art and buys it up, but basically doesn't um, display it. It's not a gallery. Mm. They they hoard it all in so a big it, warehouse. So it increases in value, and then they flog it later. So it's basically like sort of speculating on the art market just purely for money. Yeah, the sort of thing that Lovejoy would not. He would not be happy of. about. And then so um, they all go to a hotel that they so the artist Ron, Hans and Jim to like you know discuss this deal. Jim Lennon's mm. the mentor, the mm. grifting mentor. The grifting mentor. And they talk about um, anti-success being a very British or oh, English yes. thing. Like the English true, don't though. like success. Which is kind of true. We feel like it's like the underdog, don't we? we yeah. Yes, we we'll always support the, the person who's not whoever, successful. Whoever it is, or we'll pick the team that we think is least likely to win and then are thrilled. Like, like Eddie the Eagle. We thought Eddie the Eagle was amazing because he was shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And therefore he was wonderful. Yeah, it's very British, isn't it? Maybe it's because we're always the underdog. So. Oh, we like, yeah. We like telling ourselves that, don't we? So then Jim invites Hans to view this Klimt painting. A Klimt! A Klimt! My favourite painter! Oh, so I do so actually know Klimt. Yeah, like, I like Klimt. Have you seen Woman in Gold? Yeah. yeah. That was he's very, yeah, he's a very good painter. And there's a Klimt at, at Rokeby Hall. And so Jim invites Hans to Rokeby Hall. So I was like, okay, is this part of the con now? Mm. Rokeby Hall, that sounds like a country house. Is he now trying to con Hans? And um, Lovejoy, so, and then somehow or other Lovejoy gets involved, so he must have returned Jim's call. Yeah. And so Lovejoy also goes to Rokeby Hall and meets Jim there. So I'm like, okay, is this the con? But we're still not really sure, like, what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And I really thought Rokeby Hall was a real place. Yes, is it does sound familiar to you? It yes. does sound familiar to I me. Think there, must well. be there must be something called like Spokeby Hall or like Man- Manor, you know, Grope Gropeby Hall. Gropeby Hall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm now I'm going to. I presume you Googled Gropeby Hall and it doesn't actually exist. I didn't actually I Google didn't. because oh, I never do oh. any research. Gropeby <laughs> Hall. It'd be no fun if we did research. No. But we, we sort of realise at this point that Jim is Lovejoy 1.0. Like he's the Yeah, he's the original. Yeah, and then Tink and Eric are also on their way somewhere. We're not sure where they're going, but they're on a bus, and Tink is testing Eric on music venues in London. <laughs> I was like, it was oh. like a pop quiz. Wasn't I, it? I was like, oh, is this Eric going to 
do this as a specialist subject or mastermind? I thought they were they were practicing for a pub quiz and they knew what one of the rounds was. But actually, what it is is that Eric is learning how to become an expert in the worst word ever that he made up. Pop-mobilia. Pop-mobilia. Now, Pop-mobilia. I would mobilia is not a word. I would like to say I spent for the formative years of my life dealing with popmobilia. Mm-hmm. It is a word. I uh, okay, sorry. Well, is it? I don't know actually. I've never heard it before. But popmobilia. Do you know it's just pop memorabilia? That's I've heard that <laughs> phrase a lot of times. I used to um, hang out in Alan's Records in the Peace Hall in Halifax that sold secondhand records. And when I was at school, I did my work experience there. But because I basically worked there anyway. And at one point, we sold Mark Bowman's trousers for £500. And then about a week later, the man brought them back and said, I can't have them. My wife says I spent too much money. What am I going to do? And Alan, well, yeah. And uh, Alan of Alan's Records gave him 350 quid for them. And he was like, But I paid you 500 for them. And Alan was like, That's business. Oh my god, wow. you were in an episode of Love Story. Oh, you were in an episode, in an episode, of, episode of Love Story, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. When this happened, my heart just went to like a happy little dance in my chest. I was like, this is why I like Eric. Yeah. Eric's <laughs> decided that Popmobilia is the next big thing. Have you been to these venues? You must have done. I've been I've been to the 100 Club and the Electric Ballroom. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what? I haven't. Oh, yeah. I might have been to the Electric Ballroom, actually. But I'm just not very cool. Um, I will tell you a weird coincidence. Alan's Records is how I first ever found out about Gustav Klimt. Because I bought... um, That is weird. A periodical that had John Lennon lithographs in it. Mm. That he'd done of Yoko. And I I think it cost me like 15 quid. And it was this magazine that had come out in the 70s or whatever, published in New York. And in it, it had the lithographs, which were fine. And it had some Beardsley as well, I think. And it had the Klimt. And it was in full colour. And I just loved it. I just loved it so much. I was like... This episode is bending my mind. That's <laughs> all this must and have we're only about ten minutes in. Yeah, that, six, six minutes in, and I'm delighted. Is whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, oh. really strange, and it was just ticking all the boxes for me. Uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. So Eric has decided that pop mobilia is the next big thing. He's, he's, he's seen Planet Hollywood. He didn't actually mention, but he said something about Burger Baron. So you're like, yeah, yeah, he, he meant, like, yeah, he meant. He's talking about Planet Hollywood. Where obviously where we went. Oh the, no, 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 no Hard Rock Cafe. Oh, we went to Hardwick, sorry. They're the same, aren't Not they? Planet Hollywood. What was we now? There was a lot of Hardwick Cafe. Planet Hollywood obviously has filmabilia. Filmabilia. Film, no, that's quite It's the wrong kind of mobilia. Movie mobilia. Movie mobilia. <laughs> it's the wrong kind of mobilia. Oh, so that's, that's Eric's thing. <laughs> My kind of mobilia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and in a very silly mood. And then we go back to Rakeby Hall where we learn sort of Lovejoy's role in this con. So he, Lovejoy's going to, Jim asks Lovejoy to pretend to be an expert on 20th century painting. From the VNA. From, From the, the VNA. VNA. Well, I, he hasn't done this for a while because I do you remember when he pretended to be an expert in uh, military medals and things oh, like that. Yes. And he, he pretended to be from, when was he? Was he no, it wasn't the VNA. Where no, was he meant to be from then? He was meant to be from somewhere. He was like a major. National Army Museum. Really, yeah. Very funny. So yeah, so he's pretending to be an expert on 20th century painting to, to obviously like sell the Klimt. So I'm presuming, I mean, I'm, I've written Klimt in inverted commas. I'm presuming at this point that it's not mm. really a Klimt and it's, this is all part of the con or there's some con going on around this painting, but we don't know what it is. But, um, and then we get a little insight into how it, quite how it comes up into Lovejoy's prison experience. Oh, oh. So we're all like, because we know we're like, oh yeah, he was oh. in prison. It must have been quite tough on him. But he basically sort of says like, oh yeah, it was an open prison. It was full of company directors. Like yeah, I, was, yeah. I thought this was a wonderful little bit of social commentary, and I actually wrote 
Um, when was it that because there was a, a when Jonathan Aitken and that were in prison, but it was before that actually. Mm. Which is, it makes it even more interesting as a social comment. <laughs> but it's actually before Aitken and what's his name, uh, Jeffrey Archer. He didn't. He wasn't he in prison. Oh yeah, was he, he was. in prison? Or he was definitely know? in prison. Yeah. Yes. for sure. I wonder when he was in. But I'm going to look it up when he was in prison. And Lovejoy kind of wants to go straight at this point, doesn't he? He's kind of saying to Jim, "Well, you shouldn't be selling this, Clint. What are you doing?" Which is why the prison thing comes up. Mm. Cause he's like, "Look, you know, I've been inside now, like." I I've don't done really, my bit. Yeah, I'm not really sure about this. But he still, well, to be fair, he says that, but then he still goes along with it. This is also where we find out why he's Lovejoy and not Mr. Lovejoy, which I... What? Flipping adored. Yeah, Jim says... Somebody says, Mr. Lovejoy. And Jim says, no, it's just Lovejoy. Mr. suggests that there's millions of them. Yes. There's only one That was joy. a brilliant... Oh, I, yeah. I really liked the Lovejoy. And I was like, oh, finally, I'll make sense for series in. Yeah. <laughs> I but I love that as an idea. Although we realise in uh, <clears throat> um, uh, series five, the uh, Christmas special, South Carolina, uh, <laughs> North Carolina. Tick off your bingo suit. Turns everybody. out there's a lot of Lovejoys because there's a whole building of them. And oh, plantation really? and all sorts. Not that I'm getting a little bit impatient about the fact we haven't got to that episode yet, and I love it. <laughs> we'll get there. We will get there. Yeah. Don't worry. And then we meet um, uh, Jim's wife. Now, I, yes. Judy. And she's going to pretend to be Jim's sister in this whole con scenario, right? She turns up. And um, she's there. So, yeah, because they're pretending, I guess, that they actually live in this house yeah but really they're house sitting they've kind of inveigled their way into um, the people who are actually on rugby hall they've kind of worked their way into their lives to the point where they're so trusted yeah that they're they're house sitting while they are off traveling yeah and so judy well yeah jim's wife is playing his sister turns up and offers him tea and scones and makes an excuse like oh yes the uh the servants are away Mm. that's why i'm doing it myself kind of thing and then and then this is where we also learn that cookman um, so basically, this is, it is a con on him, because um, Cookman destroyed Judy's father. We don't know exactly what he did yeah. at this point. And so it's like revenge on him. Mm. That's the motive. That's it's the all, motive. It's, all so it's not got, just for money. It's yeah. all got very... But again, that that sort of thing, I don't know, that sort of thing appeals, and it's, mm. it's, a, it's very Lovejoy-esque, mm. isn't it, that you have something where there is an ulterior motive. Because it, it's never just about money. Nothing in this on... A, usually on either side, and where it is just about money, the person who's, you know, basically thought of it is always, or who's cooked it up in the first place, always gets their comeuppance. Yeah. Yeah. And Jim says, because I think Lovejoy's a bit like, oh, I don't know if it's going to work. And Jim says, you can't you can't con an honest man and Koopman's not honest. Mm. So we're in there, we'll it's be all right. point. You can't con an honest man. Can't con an honest man. But then they actually, they, when they talk about what the plan actually is, so Jim's like, right, the plan is to pretend to sell a Klimt. So I was confused. That's I was like, plan. That's, one, that's, one, that's one hell of a that's one hell of a pretense. Isn't it? And I was like, so hang on. So are they actually going to sell it, but it's not really a clint? Or are they going to pretend to sell it, but not give it to him? I was like, what does pretend to sell a clint mean? I was very confused. Are they going to make a forgery of it? Is it real? Uh, um, but anyway. <laughs> And this is where we found out that, yeah, Xanadu is just purely about the money. So that kind yeah. of also is another reason why you can imagine Lovejoy would be like, well, fine. Yeah, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm in because I hate anything con. that's just about the money. Yeah, yeah. Oh, do we get into the, the slightly bizarre the subplot? This yes. underplayed. Yes. I feel like it's an underplayed subplot, but it comes into its own at the end when you realise. 
Yeah. It's all about painting. The entire episode, the plot and the subplot are all about painting. Yeah, mm. apart from the popmobilia. Apart from the popmobilia. Which Eric just goes on about for the whole episode. <laughs> it's not so much a subplot, it's no. an obsession, isn't it? Yeah, he's... But at one point he says, I want to go to Nashville, I want to go to LA, and I was like, oh, Me too, I'm so with I you. I haven't been to either of them. I'd love to go to so Nashville. The, the subplot is basically that Tinker is just buying up all these really awful paintings, and he keeps yeah. talking about his contact in Spain and his contacts at the, the Prado, isn't he? The Prado. Uh, in Prado in Madrid, one of the greatest museums in the world. So this is sort of going on in the background all the way through. Is this yeah. him buying up really shit paintings? And nobody can understand kind of, why he's doing it. Kind of paintings that your granny would have on the wall. Yeah, yeah. they're all oils. Like yeah, oil yeah. Oils. bad oil paintings. So they're, they're in like a dodgy basement, just buying these like crappy paintings. Like buying them by the yard almost. And for ages, I was like, oh, he's buying them for the frames. But then I completely lost the track of this. Yeah, well, I thought it might be for the frames initially, but no, listen. Uh, so anyways back, back to Rokeby Hall so Koopman turns up in a roller so we know that like oh, mm, he's a twat yeah. indicator of a twat and this is where Lovejoy gets introduced yeah as the art advisor to the V&A in his sexy suit he's very he's looking very, very, very sharp smart. he hasn't been able to play dress up for a while mm. has he let's face it um, and then they get they, they try and like, they're trying to sort of like I guess I don't know what they're trying to do. They're trying to sort of like you know um, distract or whatever. Cookman. They're not like they just take him straight to the Clint. I guess they want to like they're walking him around the whole house. Yeah, I guess they want to like soften him up, but it's actually annoying it's him. It's annoying him. Right? I, yeah. I couldn't work out. Did you work no. out why we were doing? It? I thought I was no. being just right dim and couldn't figure it well, out. Well, there's a good line there where they said like not even a titter at the ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> showing him all these different kinds of antiques from all kinds of periods and places all over the place and I was thinking are these real because if they're not real the props department had to make them all so maybe they're real and because they were allowed to film there they were yeah. like well you have to show off the hall <laughs> so that's why so it was tour- weird product placement it yeah. was tourist information film for Rokeby Hall and Hans says at one point oh when our countries were at war and at this point I'm like Towards the end, that he's Dutch. I feel like we so. do find out where he's from at some point. Oh, yes, and I did think that this might happen. Was he just doing a stupid accent the whole way through, and he was actually British, and that was meant to be like a, a reveal, or he was a grifter too? But no, that <laughs> he's actually happen. from Blackburn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like we did find out where he was from in the end. I thought he was Dutch. I think he's Dutch. But you do realize now we've got our two hundred and fifty fans, or whatever, all shouting at the podcast, going, "You fucking idiots!" He's interested you with a podcast where he blatantly <laughs> said that he was from like Zurich or something. <laughs> Clearly not Zurich because they were neutral and yeah, exactly. So he's not anyway. He's not Swiss, but no. but Xanadu is Swiss, like a, like it's based in Switzerland, and so basically Xanadu. So again, so <laughs> Every time. again, when we find out, so what you know, he explains a bit more about Xanadu, and he's like, yeah, you know, we will buy it off you not at the market price, but then you don't have to pay the like auction fees and taxes, mm. which is like sixty percent of the price. Actually, you know, we're both it's win win. But obviously, Lovejoy and Jim don't consider it women, partly because they want to get revenge on him, and partly because they're just purely treating mm. the art as like for money and not for its beauty or aesthetic mm. value. Um, was it the value of uh, the value of nothing, the, the price of everything, and the, the value, value of nothing. nothing? Exactly. And then we cut back to Eric and Tinker. I mean, they're, they're still just buying these crappy paintings for the Prado. But there's a brilliant line because basically, like they say about the contact at the because I think someone questions him like questions Tink saying have you really got a contact at the Prado really got contact in Spain and there it goes yeah he really does I've spoken to him on the Freddy <laughs> that's oh I love that 
I love that. But that's actually really believable as well, that they will have, that will have become their yeah, lives, their yeah. little joke. Can, we, can we please call our phones off? It's also, <laughs> it's also a good in please. joke for us, because you know how um, Chris was saying, all well, these can all stand alone. But we it's do mention that, this that every small time. level of continuity, though. I'm again. sorry, Chris. No, but it does. No, he was right. It does stand alone, but it, it's you like can a little. Watch them on their own, but they do. But have it's a things. little snippet for the person who watches and pays attention. Yeah. It's nice. I, lo- I, I think I laughed out loud. At that I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so then and then back at Rokeby Hawk, as we said, getting really impatient to see this clip. So finally, they show it, and it's beautiful. It's not very Clint esque, and no. that's the point. It's kind of like I was like, "Here's the Clint. We're going to see the Clint. We're going to see Clint." And I was like, "Oh, is that Clint?" But that's because it's very lovely painting. You expect oh. to see very specific. Yeah, I want some gilding, a bit, bit of I random gold, just sort of over the top of it. I would like to say I did write down the frame suggests it is because I really liked the frame. Well, get you. <laughs> So yeah, and then Jim spins this tale about Vienna in the thirties. Because um, Hans is kind of looking at it a bit askance as well, isn't he? He's like, "What about this?" And then he goes yeah. and tests. I, I I actually wrote Jim gives bullshit backstory. <laughs> <laughs> I've written, I've literally written Jim spins a tale. That's the difference between you and me. <laughs> bullshit backstory. I mean, it might be true, but yeah, he sort of like talks oh, no, about like yeah. yeah. Um, and then Cookman wants to see if it's if it's um. Well, part of a way of testing, not, not that it, if it's a real clip, but is it a forgery? Mm. So he puts sticks a pin in the paint, because obviously it's quite thickly laid yes. on like oil. Basically the point is that, you know, oil paint apparently, so I, so I learned some things mm-hmm. from it, that oil paint can take up to 20 years to fully dry. But because this is like, it is fully dry, it's more than 20 years old, therefore, you know, it could, it, it's it, not a recent forgery. It doesn't mean it's real. Yeah, but, but, it, but it's much yeah. more likely. They haven't it just, certainly hasn't done for the purposes of Exactly, this. they haven't knocked it up. And then, so these people just have a Clint knocking around their house. Yeah, but they've got loads of other but stuff. Clint's got like a really bars. interesting. Because have you seen the woman in gold? I know this is a big tangent, but it, I was listening to. Did you ever listen to Witness History, which I'm slightly obsessed with? And there was an episode. I've listened of, to the one that you sent me. Oh, the one about the Yeah, No, so Witness History is uh, like a, a podcast about people who are at key points in history, and I listened to the one who interviewed the lawyer who'd actually got the woman in gold painting oh, back, wow. and I have a load of Clint paintings amongst. Others because I'll link it was in the yeah. just yeah, I'll, I'll dig it out. But a lot of Clint paintings are actually plundered Nazi, mm. uh, you know. Well, I've just it find- you wonder how one ended up in a house in Suffolk. Well, exactly. Mm. Who knows? But I've just finally been to see the kiss. But my favourite Clint is Three Ages of Woman, and so I went all the way to Vienna. Be like, right, I'm going to see all this Clint. There's loads of stuff there, and uh, Three Ages of Woman's in Rome. Oh. So and they lent gonna, it. Then wasn't going to have to go to Rome. Let's go to Rome now. Slightly annoying. So basically, Cookman's like, right, because like, yeah, they don't really discuss a figure, do they, about payment? They talk about payment. Basically, he says he'll buy it. They don't really mention a figure. They talk about Diners Club, because he's just going to put it on a credit card. Mm. I mean, presumably, like, we're talking quite a large sum of money, but anyway. Um, but he also says he wants 48 hours, but he doesn't really say what for. Is it to, like, get the money together? Is it to check with his associates? Anyway. We don't know. He but wants... then they decide on the diamonds, right? That's right. They decide he'll pay in diamonds. diamonds. They do. Because they're untraceable. That's right. Yeah. Then he wants 48 hours they're to get to the move. diamonds. But again, this made me wonder. Ooh. The whole thing The whole thing about it, it it's very dodgy. And you wonder, what, what is the provenance of this painting originally? And it, was it, mm. you know... I don't think it's anything, and people might correct me, but they've ever really... They s- haven't covered it explicitly. I know 
we've had episodes where they've had stuff that's been given back to its rightful owners, mm. captured the um, what do they call it? Ju- ju- Judaica. Judaica. Um, is it? I thought I was say it was Judica, like like Bodica. <laughs> Judica. Judica. Bo- Judica. Bodicea, Judicea. She was she was Bodicea in our day, wasn't she? She was, was Bodicea. I think we have had this conversation Boudica. before. Anyway. No, she's Boudica. Sorry, that's a ridiculous aside. But yeah, I don't know if they've ever really covered exactly the whole... Because I thought they were going to in this one, and then they didn't, and it was disappointing. Because I'm sure. Uh, about plundered art... And getting Art back London to its rightful place. They sort of did in, well, the, yeah, set in the Prague Sun, I guess. But I suppose even Mussolini's nose came into it a little bit. Yeah, I know that's the other way around, but... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry. So Kipman goes off and he says, I'll come back on Sunday with the diamonds. And basically then, Jim somehow, like, massively, like, puts his foot in it. It's like, oh yes, come back on Sunday. We'll have a... This is where the, the Prince Andrew thing comes in. We'll have a, have a party. It's just a simple shooting party. It's because... I, I really obviously absorbed this entire episode because they go for a walk around the grounds and Koopman picks up a shell casing and he's like, oh, you've been shooting. Oh, yeah. And Jim's like, yes, yes, we have. And then he kind of looks at Lovejoy like, oh, oh I don't know what to oh. say. Oh, Koopman asks about the game. What sort of game is there at this time of year? Oh, yes. What did you shoot? And Jim is just filling and Lovejoy is able. And at this point, it's like, well, this is a bit of an insight into Lovejoy because he is. knew what to say. So he obviously had been to a but shooting. But I think, though, but then, all, but then they stupid. And then like, Jim's like, come to one on Sunday. Yeah, Jim's like, we'll have one. And they're like, shit. So they've been planning this, like, yeah. painstakingly planning this con for like five months, years. years. Yeah, and think... then he's like, oh, yes, let's have a shooting party. So they're like, shit, now we actually have to, like, have Lovejoy, a shooting party. Love, the reason Lovejoy is so, so good at what he does is he is one of those people that knows a little bit about a lot. Mm. But he's good in a pub quiz because <laughs> he can bullshit about anything mm-hmm. and I feel like like with my my job is obviously very very different but I feel like I have I have a lot of general knowledge because I was a very bored child I grew up as an only child <laughs> and um I feel like I can have a conversation with anybody to a certain extent mm. it doesn't have yeah, to go on for too long yeah. you know and the other thing about Lovejoy is he knows with a con or whatever it is he knows when to stop He's really good oh, at yeah, that. He is, and Eric's tr- like limits. trying to learn it and still not getting Whereas it. Jim, but Jim, who should know, who is Lovejoy one point as you pointed out, messes it all up by saying, "Oh yes, let's let's come come on Sunday for a shooting party." They've now they've got two days to arrange this shooting party that they never <laughs> they don't know to have. anything about. Now this is where for me it all became a little bit implausible because we have got. We've got evidence in previous episodes that Eric doesn't really know how to use a gun and that he accidentally yeah. let one off onto Lovejoy's water tank. Yeah, he didn't check. He was cleaning it without it, without checking that it had been loaded. Yeah. He didn't break and it. And here, properly, yeah. it turns out that Eric can shoot. And I've just written in brackets, question mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Evidence would suggest otherwise. Yeah. We I find out that the reason he can shoot, apparently he used to be a poacher, poacher. which weirdly hot. Oh. Sorry, uh, yeah, you think <laughs> everything. Are you thinking of what's his name and to be maybe honest, Charlie's lover? I, uh, if they'd said if they'd said if they'd said it used to be What's a Mellows, but he's, Mellows. he's, 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 he's the gamekeeper. He's like the opposite. If they'd him. said he used to be a bin man, you'd have thought it was weirdly hot. <laughs> yeah, lifting heavy stuff. Yeah, I was. Yeah, <laughs> I just exactly. love him. I just love him. But you're right, Polly, because I've written uh, Eric can ellipsis shoot, shoot question mark Eric can question mark exclamation point. Oh God, I can't. And then I've written, oh, and here's the Manu mug as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, Manu mug. I feel like the Manu mug is making an appearance in every episode. It definitely now. has, hasn't mm-hmm. it? And um, so, and also, surely Jane knows someone who can shoot. Why are they dredging up Eric to do it? He possibly or possibly cannot shoot, but can almost certainly not sustain a lie. 
yes. for a significant oh, amount of time. Know, it's, it's like every <laughs> these people is like what we only know these people, we only know Tinker, Eric, Eric and, like, and Jane. Jane. <laughs> it's like every few episodes they have to give Eric another chance to fuck up a lie. Mm. It's like, oh, he hasn't fucked up a lie for a few weeks. Oh, Let's Eric. see if he's got any better at lying badly. Oh, Eric. Just, he's, he's very good at lying badly. <laughs> he's good at the lying other thing badly that was a right. bit implausible was <laughs> Tink says he can't shoot. Oh no, actually, he does give a proper reason, doesn't he? he just, because he did his national service, so of course he can. But he just says he just said he wasn't no, and he gives it. And he actually got awards for being the worst. Oh, yeah. so if I if I did my national service, I can guarantee you that even by the end of it, I still would not be able to shoot. Because yeah. I'm dyspraxic. He's got nothing to do with his hand. You'd be shooting through a water tank. I really, I really, really would. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that's any reflection uh, um, on anything. And then we learn we learn a bit about what um what Xanadu actually did to Judy's father yes. when they want the revenge. But I mean, again, it's like a bit of a I mean, basically what happened was so Xanadu bought all of Judy's father's paintings and art, and then like the father's since died, and now Xanadu are like selling off all the paintings for loads of money, and not giving any money to the family. It's like well. Yeah, but I mean, he sold them to yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, like, and she's yeah. just like nobody got to see them. It destroyed my father, and it was one line. And I was like, okay, I would like to have some. more Yeah, I felt like that was a bit unexplored because, like, yeah. that's what they do. I mean, yes, it's not great what they do, but it is business. I mean, yeah, you know, there it's not illegal or anything. Yeah, and I didn't feel they were necessarily trying to hide it either. Was he under? Yeah, yeah, he was. No. He didn't. Ch- he shouldn't even saying like, yeah. oh yeah, you know. We just buy them off you like fairly cheap and then keep them and sell them on. I mean, that he was open. He was trade. above board about it, wasn't yeah. it? And it didn't sound as though he'd tricked or been malicious and yeah. tricked her dad into it. Her dad had reached that decision rightly or wrongly. And then he'd regretted it. Yeah, yeah. regretted it. I mean, decision. we've all got regrets, haven't we? I know, so it's a bit of a flimsy. Anyway, that's the reason. Um, yes, so, so, so they get Eric and Tinker involved. Tinker who can't shoot, and Eric who apparently used to be a poacher and sold the game in his dad's butchers. And that's how he got enough money to buy his first bike. Aww. It was a Norton. Fucking love him. I just love him so much. And then yeah, so I mean, you keep, why is he fictional? You keep it quiet, to be fair. <laughs> I would, no I one would ever know. I didn't know. <sighs> and then and then, so they all have their roles to play in this shooting party. So, so Tinker's going to be Lord Didsbury. Which suits him. Mm. To be fair, it really it, suits him. He did him. it well, didn't he? Just so I think, plum. I think Lovejoy says to, to Tink, referring to Jane, like, oh, you can be her dad. And then then he's, then does Jane say something like, those words have preceded the worst experiences in my life. It's like, oh, what does I, that I miss that. Oh, Very I'm, odd line. In this bit, I've written, Lovejoy's trying to convince Jane to go along with it. Yeah. But then I've written, ah, oh, Koopman is Dutch. So at some point we found out, yeah, but I don't know how. Yeah. Um, so yes, Tink is Lord Didsbury. Um, Jane refuses to take part in the shooting party. Oh, she had very good leather trousers on. She did. Oh, weren't they good? She did, but I've never. Have you ever worn leather trousers? Yes. Well, not real leather. Not real leather. I haven't, and I wouldn't. I love a leather trouser. Really, I don't think. Oh, they're so stylish. No, a pleather one you could easy. Really. I yeah, like leather's not like leather. I've never worn either. Look at the size of it. I love wearing. I love wearing a, a pleather trouser. Just they are real hot. It looks be. great. No, they look great. Hot, so you need a lot of talcum powder. <laughs> well, you might do if they were real leather. I've never worn just, real no, leather trousers. No. I love the word pleather. Pleather. Although they call it vegan leather now to try and like oh. cash in on uh, v, v. I was going to say V books. That's from Le- Fortnite. Leather. Uh, v the the. Vegan pound. That sounds wrong too. The vegan pound. Vegan pound. But it's just pleather. Um. Um. So yeah. So they. So basically, they all turn up for the shooting. So you've got Jane. You've got Eric and Tink. 
Because he does manage to persuade Jane, I don't know how. But then Jane's got her nieces staying for the weekend. So Jane, Jane's they're like marvellous. Jane's like, you know, 20 something. They, they really add to the idea of this very posh shooting. They, yes. well, they called Sam and. They were so slow yes, manger, weren't they? Sam, they were so of their time. Samantha and, you know, Arabella. It wasn't that. I can't remember. I've written it down somewhere further on. Wasn't this the age of, or was this just before the whole Tara Palmer Tompkinson? She was a bit old. She was oh, really just before, early. yeah. Well, actually, was TPT was probably their age. She was, yeah, she, she was about at this point. Because she had a column in about 97, 98, because I remember a friend of mine in sixth form spoofing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, it was very funny. I worked in the Versace shop in Vista Village when I was in sixth form. Get you. And, um, <laughs> so cool. Did That's you amazing. Did you I had no idea you used to do that. I was about to say, did you nick any stuff? I didn't mean nick. She worked in the Versace shop, the northerner says, did you nick any? That is the best. I thought you were going to say she worked in the Versace shop and I worked in Alan's Records. Who, by the way, when you bought a record, gave you a plastic bag that said, I had 12 inches from Alan. (laughs) Um, And again, she worked in the Versace shop and you got 12 inches from from Alan. Alan. The Versace discount shop, but that was in between Tesco and the little chef. Tompkinson came shopping what? in Mr. Village. Mr. Village was, Mr. Village was newly it was yeah. when it was newly opened, like it was much smaller than it is yeah. now, not as big a deal. And um and yeah, so she came into the shop and it was all very exciting. Oh. So around that she was definitely big. She was already well known. Late nineties, yeah. I liked her. I, liked I feel her. sorry for, I really liked her. I liked her. She seemed like quite a nice person. Mm. Yeah, she seemed fine when she was shopping in the Versace shop. That's nice. Um, yes. Um, so, we've, we've missed the bit about George Harrison's toast. Go on, go for your life. <laughs> I feel like you know you want to. You've built it I up. Like built it I feel up. like as it's George Harrison, you should talk about well, it. Well, I mean, I, should. I believe so. Because um, Tink's still going on about the potmobilia. And sorry, Eric is still going on about the potmobilia <laughs> thing. And I knew that the George Harrison's toast thing was true. Did you guys know that? So that was we should true? probably explain what the George Harrison's toast thing is. Yes. So a piece of George Harrison's alleged leftover toast from his breakfast was sold in New York in 1991 for an amount of money that I haven't written down. Well, they, they, like they say in um, they say in the in the show that it was 1,400 pounds. That would they make al- sense. They also said it was a 29 year old half-eaten piece of toast. So it's from before he was, so would you, he was a child. Would you like to know the backstory? Of so, this? like, how did... I mean, why would you have a piece well, of toast from when you were... Because that's what confused me. I was like, 29 years old, we're in the... I mean, nowadays that would make sense. But in the early 90s, 29 years ago... I've, I've finally done some research, guys. Okay. So, um, I've looked up an article from 1991 about um, Christie's trying to sell something, and they couldn't sell the toast because they couldn't establish the provenance. Yes. Could well, have been anyone's... Half-eaten bit of toast. In the end, it got sold in New York, which is what Eric's referring to. Yeah. But this is when <laughs> they had their big pop memorabilia sale in 1991. Christie, um, and I quote from the New York Times, Christie's also has an unusual Beatles collection belonging to Susan Horton, an early Liverpool fan who became friendly with George Harrison's mother. One of Miss Horton's four lots is a truly astonishing collection that includes, among many other things, a corner of toast from Mr. Harrison's breakfast on August the 2nd, 1963. So he would have only been it must 19, be, 18, uh, 19. It must have been mouldy. As well as a cigarette end from his car, a jelly bean he gave her, a floor plan of his a bedroom. A jelly bean he gave her? A floor, with other jelly beans or just on he, its own? He, lo- 
loved Jelly Beans and at one point he had to tell people to stop throwing them on stage because they actually hurt if they hit you because he said he liked them and then people started throwing them at him. Anyway, I love a Jelly, jelly Bean I mean, he gave her. Actually, it's probably What's a Jelly Baby. Like? Um, a floor plan of his bedroom, a thread from his jeans. A thread from his jeans. One of his socks. Lists of his clothes and records. And a twig from Paul McCartney's garden. I mean, it's Popmobilia! Just being not all the other things that George Harrison related a twig from Paul, Paul McCartney's garden. garden. Also, why does his mum keep his breakfast from August the second? She, <laughs> she didn't. Susan One went day. in the house when he was having breakfast and pilfered it. his toast. As though I lifted it off right. your Have you like gone off to the loo or something? And he came back and thought, oh, I'm sure I have some toast, toast left. And George said, as we all know, I'm sure that it couldn't have been his toast. <laughs> Because he always finished his toast, he always ate his crusts, because he's a good boy. Oh, good boy. If, we, oh, if we know nothing else about George Harrison, we know he's a good boy, He's a good we? boy. So yeah. Eric relates this story, because he's still going, like, going, on, going on about how he's going to make his millions from Popmobilia. And he's like, oh yeah, George Harrison's toast. And Tink says, George who? I mean, I really. Mean, Tink. I mean, Tink. I mean, but also, that doesn't... Come on, that's George serious. Harrison. That doesn't I mean, ring true, because no. actually, that would have been his era. Yeah. Anyway, and but, it... And, mm, but I, I think it would have been a bit after him, but... No, but still... But you'd be an adult. The I mean, Beatles, the point, I mean... The point is... Like my grandparents I'm in my, I'm in my 30s, I know who Harry Styles is. And I know who like, Justin Bieber I is. I know who Justin Bieber... I know who all these people are. I know who Billie Eilish is. I have no interest in any of these people at all, but I know their names, because you can't bloody escape them exactly mm. yeah I mean the Beatles come on they're like the biggest thing in the world yeah, so, so that, yeah. that annoyed me that was annoying was a step too far yeah. yeah I mean Tinker honestly unless he was just trying to I don't know say to Eric it wasn't as good as he thought it was I don't know yeah. but Tinker as Lord did Lord God it's hard to say Tinker as Lord Didsbury was very very, he was very blue- good we had some but we had Jane some... was not happy about Tinker pretending to be her dad I don't know why but she was very unhappy with we the had situation some, we had some messages actually on the Twitter mm. on the Twitter about this and uh, one of them was uh, 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 Morris. Morris McCone on Twitter has said great comedy from Dudley, and isn't he is right? Yes, I have to say, it was well Dudley Sutton was perfectly cast for Tinker, and Tinker was perfectly cast for Lord Didsbury. <laughs> it goes yes. to show how well they can pull off a scam because he was just perfect. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was oh, great. He was great. And Eric is his gentleman farmer. Oh, oh, oh! There were so many moments where you just thought he was going to cross the line, but he didn't quite. He all the, like it was great. Oh, God, also because you get the feeling Cookman doesn't really know enough, thank God, because he yeah. would have seen right through them. Yeah, if he, was, if, he was, yeah. if he was British, he wouldn't have fallen for this for a second, would he? He yeah. clearly thought, oh, well, I knew the British were a bit eccentric for this lot of nuts. Yeah. He <laughs> assumed that they were all just British eccentric, <laughs> which is mean, amazing. Maybe that's why we cultivated this, like, a British, you know, um, oh, area of eccentricity. We, 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 we just, like, get away with anything. <laughs> <laughs> get away with murder, can't you? Well, <laughs> yes. Um, um, but yeah, so, so they, they're, they're shooting clays, aren't they? Because yeah. basically they, they, they decide, oh yeah, not, nothing's really in season at this time of year. So they're shooting clays. I would laugh if they said nothing's in season at this time of year, then a load of pheasant just flew yeah. by. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then, I mean, which, you know, is like, you can see this coming a mile off. One of Jane's nieces oh. asked Jane, oh, can I borrow your car? To Aunt practice Jane. reversing. To practice reversing. You like, two can both drive, right? Yes. Did you practice reversing while no. you were learning that? I did. Well, not not in a... A, a Rolls Royce or whatever Not in a car. Well, Rain she's a train driver. driver oh, surrounded yes, yes, yes. by yeah. other posh I, I practised it on a Sunday morning in an empty Sainsbury's car. Oh, yes. That's where same. I practised That's reversing. the correct place to do it. Not in a exactly. country house... 
with like Miss stable yard. <laughs> yeah. So so, so inevitably Jane's niece smashes up it's a Sam. car. Sam smashes Sam. the car up. And which car? Whose car is it? It's Jim's car it because what's in the boot is the the boot. fake Klimt. The Klimt, not Klimt. The Klimt, not Klimt, because then he can't open the boot. Because you almost have to That's say right, the it's real Jim's Klimt. car, yeah. We've given it away now, but it's kind of fucking on. <laughs> well, I knew it was going to come up. So like, it's going to come up in a minute. <laughs> Well, I, I just I remember it now. Yeah, but it, it's and it's so you're just going no, you're watching it in slow motion, and she is just a dumb. She's the yeah, dumb she's slow dumb ranger book. type. Oh god, oh look, oh, oh god, 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 and they both oh, laugh as and well. Go, oh, and I was like, so funny, we fucked up somebody's beautiful that, car. Oh my god, how awful! That was like the height of privilege, wasn't it? it that really it happened, was. and they both laughed. I, I was would like, be. Oh my god, I would have actually mortified. I would. Be well, I wouldn't mortified. have done it. In the, I wouldn't have dared do it in the first place. But it's the way they put their their hands over their mouths, like oh my god, like oh, oh this tea. is the funniest thing that's ever happened to me. And you this will make an excellent really story not. back at school. Yeah, it's really not, is it? But um, so no. yeah, the, so the con is they will they will the, sell in inverted commas the Klimt. They're going to do a switcheroo. They're switcheroo, but the switcheroo. So presumably the fake one is in Jim's boot. We yeah. haven't had a good switcheroo since um with a cottage Brian Blessed. Blessed. Oh, well, oh, oh no, yeah, no, no. The, 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 you're right, Brian Blessed. I'm Brian Blessed. <laughs> that was a good switcheroo. But yeah, so the Klimt, so basically Sam goes to confess to Jim she's smashed his car. They're like, shit, the Klimt is in there. And so Judy, like, because obviously it's like a Sunday in the, you know, mm. in the middle of the countryside. How are they going to, the all the garages are shut, which in those, I mean, even nowadays in the middle of the country, I you thought, struggle. What was a bit odd about this is, if I was at a country house shooting party with Eric Catchpole, and somebody reversed into the car and you couldn't get into it, I would just go and get Eric and he would just get into it. Jimmy the log. Oh, maybe, just, they just, maybe they didn't know this at this point. Only Jim and Judy really know. Oh, that is a good point. Because Sam goes and confesses to Jim and he's very cool and calm about it. He's like, never mind. He was lovely. Accidents happened. So, he was so kind. But he was so and believable. And went out of the room. Shit, 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 shit. He was yeah. so believable, though, as the kind of ridiculous wealthy, oh, don't bother your pretty little head. Oh, it's just yeah. a car. Yeah, which is as long as you're not hurt. And it's an idea he would have blown his cover if he had flipped mm, out exactly, about it. Yeah. Thought, oh, this is what a real mm. wealthy aristo would do. Which is true. Probably is, actually. So, yeah. so Judy goes off to, but she does go off to the local garage, which is, even though it's shut, she goes there anyway, just like to try and find someone, the mechanic, like knock on the door. So they've got a stall. In desperation to try and open. Yeah, and they've got yeah. a stall now, exactly, because they were going to give him the Klimt's, but they haven't got it. Well, this so. is where Eric tells everyone about his farm, and I didn't think this was very believable either, because he, he likes <laughs> to know the difference between arable and... Do you have the other one? Just animals. Do you have lots of our, oh no, all over it for this. Is... But I mean, Eric's from the country. He knows the difference between bloody arable and livestock. Not yes, uh, all I've written for that bit is Eric pontificating about meat. <laughs> I'm not sure what he was saying. Was he they... trying? I think he was trying to say something which would be very trendy now about like local meat and it would be yeah, good, good quality. I guess it's from his dad. You know, Eric tells everyone about his. Um, oh yes, you're right. Because he does know about meat. He might not know about raising livestock, but he knows about meat. Yeah. So you can talk about that. And then Tink tells everyone about Europe. I've written amazing time wasting because don't they talk about 
I don't sure if they talk about cricket, but I've written. They do yeah, talk about cricket. I think there's a very funny monologue about cricket. That's it. Because yeah. I've written that my favorite. Because they do this amazing, yeah, explanation of cricket, which I always try and explain to my students. And there's a brilliant quote by Robin Williams, which is baseball on Valium, mm. and it's basically a game you can play for five days, and at the end there's a really exciting draw. But it's true. The most exciting game of cricket I have ever watched in my entire life. I can't remember the year. I think it was about 2000, 2009, and it was when Monte Panasar and Anderson, you're both looking at me, I'm going to tell you anyway, stayed in. <laughs> so we, we were losing in the Ashes to Australia by hundreds of runs. Like, we were useless. Because you know the idea is basically two teams have got to get, one gets more, runs up and one down. One goes out, one goes one, in. One team runs up and down more times than the other okay. team. The initial briefing goes something like this. Cricket. There are two sides out in the field. One out and one in. We had run up and down far fewer times than the other team, right? <laughs> so Australia had done... So we were losing. Austra we were losing. Australia had done a lot, a lot more running up and down. And each chap that's in the side that's in goes out, and when he's out, he comes back in. And the next chap goes in until he's out. We had these two... Everybody was out. We had these two crap players who were bowlers, which meant they were bad at batting. They did the throwing the ball, not the hitting the ball. Got it, okay? got it, got it. Yeah. So they're standing up... And when they're all out, the side that's been out comes in. And the side that's in goes out and tries to get out the chaps that are coming in. In now. And they're in. They're, they're in. the last two people. And basically, one of these lads gets out. There's only one of them left, which means we lose spectacularly by about 200 of the running up and down Ooh. things, right, to Australia. They stayed in for, I think, six or seven hours. Then out again, of course, you get a chap who's still in and therefore not out. They, I think they scored something like eight runs in about six hours because they just missed it the whole time, but they managed to block... You know, the wicket. That so it was amazing. And we drew. So and we drew. No, it wasn't. It was wonderful because we drew and we didn't yes. deserve to. And it felt like we'd got one over on Australia by being crap. But being. Just for a long but time. Just for a very long time. We were just, just uncrap enough. Once everybody's been in and out, including the not out, that's the end of the match. Not have won in a million years that game of cricket because we were crap. And they were really good. They were whacking the ball. It was going like out of the ground. They were running up and down, running up and down. They were absolutely brilliant. And we just stood there and went plop for about six hours. Every now and then they wait. hit it three inches away. And did we win? We won. Okay. No, we didn't win. We drew. Sorry, we drew. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. It's the most exciting draw. It's really quite simple. So we managed to not let them win. <laughs> Don't you not see how that's exciting? This was the single most amazing cricket match I have ever watched in my entire life because we drew and we shouldn't have and they were about 200 runs ahead of us and we were just shit we ran out of time and so we drew and we've been playing for five days and I fucking love it and that is why I like cricket carry on you were going to talk about the episode I'm I sorry. mean I've said Tink tells everyone about Europe in a very funny cricket way I, mean, I don't know what he said about Europe I, I don't know what he said about Europe I imagine it was heartbreaking I'll, and so Eric talks about his farm in inverted commas Tink talks about cricket and Jane talks about wine and then and then Judy just goes to the mechanic and gets him to sort out of the car and comes back but I was I was really quite stressed I was like hurry up Judy hurry up because she's well, yeah. told everyone she's got a migraine and that's why she's not at yeah. dinner. And which, which is fine, but I, I sort of, I mean, other than it gave everyone the chance to do a very, so Tink did his funny monologue. That's true. Eric wanted to get, I was yeah. like, what was the point of that? That whole bit of plot where, like, the car gets reversed into, she has to take it off, they all do their funny monologues, and then she comes back and yeah. suspense. The whole point of it was suspense. We're going, no, it's going to fail, they're going to be caught out, yeah. they're gonna, or they're going to have to sell the real one. All it, was, all it was doing was keeping us in a bit of suspense. Like, they're going to have worried about what was going to happen. They're going to have to sell the real one. And do you know what we did miss? When... Roll that way back. Don't know what that noise was. 
when Lovejoy was showing Koopman around the house all those antiques, they showed him the priest hole. And then oh, yes. that's where now Tink is hiding because they're going to do um, the swap. And we discover that Tinker has yet another phobia. He's claustrophobic. As I well mean, as being scared of heights. Yeah, I was, I was, do we know that? Do we no, know no, at that point, he, do, do you know, know what he in the cupboard on I the don't think this is consistent because it was Lovejoy that was claustrophobic when he was on, on the submarine, submarine, not Tinker. It was Lovejoy that but was But was Tinker on the submarine? I think it was just Eric, wasn't it? But we've seen Tinker, like, in... in saying it's so I'm people. sure we've seen Tinker in confined spaces before <laughs> and it's been Lovejoy that's been claustrophobic. Yeah. Yeah. They, do, they do the classic switch, don't they? So Tink's hiding in the cupboard to do the switcheroo. I've just written, oh, look, another painting hidden in a cupboard. In mm. the meantime, I w- which I wrote, uh, Cookman is flirting with Jane. Oh, uh, at this point, he was fair game. He was such a disgusting shit of a human. So they do the classic, they do the classic switch. Um, they get the diamonds, and then basically, um, Cookman is like, oh yeah, now I'm off to Warwick to buy a Renoir off some guy. I would like to say it was a beautiful. Beautifully choreographed swap. I've just written, this is ridiculous. What if he turns around? But he won't turn around because Jim is holding his attention. And Tinker is very smooth. All of the other swaps that we've seen, and the one that we're going to see in episode one of series six on the balcony, (laughs) Mm. are really, uh, you know, they are physically somewhere else at the point that the two things are swapped. So you can't actually see them. This is the only swap I'm aware of in the whole of Lovejoy, and people can correct me if I'm wrong, where they basically go, here's this one, I love that. One. I and love right it. behind it, he could have just turned around. But it was that made it so impressive. And I was like, you could see, like, I could see the difference there between Jim and Lovejoy because I'm not sure that Lovejoy would have wanted to take such a massive no, I risk. Don't think Whereas so. I, you got the sense that Jim, yeah, he was doing it to avenge Judy's dad or whatever, but he was also just enjoying the adrenaline rush of the oh, whole yeah. thing. And then so then um, Cutman drives off, so he's off. Success. You know, and I, then I've written, all's well that ends well, but not with almost 10 minutes to go, surely. Meanwhile, I've written, champagne, bien sûr. I've written champagne, <laughs> but I've written it in English. Champagne, of course. Oh, that's amazing. That's so funny. <laughs> so they're all celebrating with champagne, but obviously we're like, there's 10 minutes to go. Ooh. Like, clearly you haven't got away with this. Eric's got both the posh birds numbers. Well, I can't believe we've said posh birds. Eric's got both the posh girls numbers. I mean, How? Because he's fucking hot and they think he's a gentleman farmer. Do mm. they think he's a gentleman farmer? Anyway, he's got, he's got Jane's niece's numbers. We don't know how he's managed that. And then, he's cute. And then... Um, and he wears a leather jacket. They all decide... Well, that's right. So then they... What happens then? That the servants are there? Were they there all along? All I've written at this point is naked Lovejoy exclamation mark and that was it then for me. I, there was nothing... How have I not written that? Oh. Such a naked Lovejoy. At the very... Was it in the morning? So in at the very end in the morning. They all stay naked, overnight. They all stay overnight but they're, they're, they're talking to the, the staff. They're ordering their breakfast for the next day. And, and someone, then in the morning... Someone orders gone. a two minute... Is it long? A two minute egg. I mean, I like a soft egg, but two, two minutes. minutes. Did I tell you? Really cooked, is it? Did I tell you about the guy when I was on the cruise ordering his breakfast? And he was like the coolest guy ever. There was this wonderful table next to me, and they were they were doing their breakfast orders, and they were sort of going, "Oh, you know, I'll have the uh, I'll have the omelette," and somebody else was saying, "Oh, I'll have the eggs Benedict." And this guy got to him, and he just went, five eggs." Five whole eggs. But he didn't say how he wanted them cooked or anything. And I just wish she'd bought them to him, like, just in a jug. <laughs> like in Rocky, just raw. Oh. <laughs> Maybe was, that's what he wanted. Five eggs. What? I mean, five, five eggs. eggs. That's a breakfast and a half, isn't it? That'll do me for a week. That literally is a breakfast and a half. I can't anyway, eat five eggs. 
carry on. So yeah, so they so um yeah, so they're ordering their breakfast for the next day. We discover that Tink is actually in love with Judy. And, Oh,是的，他只是听得出来，他只是听得出来，他只是听得出来，他只是听得出来，他只是听得出来，他只是听得出来，他只是听得出来，他只是听得出来，他只是听得出来，他只是听得出来，他只是听得出来，他只是听得
and then and then anyway, so then so basically they're like so I suppose that Lovejoy and Tinker think, oh well, well you know we just cut a loss. We haven't they haven't really lost anything. They haven't gained anything either, but they haven't mm. lost anything apart from their time, I guess, in like yeah. doing this scam. And then we tie up the other subplot, which is about these like paintings for the Prado. Oh yes, oh, yes. So this was Juan, Juan Pedro has arrived um, to take the paintings back to the Prado, and Jane does some very dodgy Spanish. Café con sucre. It's not Spanish. Coffee with sugar. No, but sucre is French. French. Yeah. That's not much. Maybe like... languages. Azúcar. Azúcar. To be fair, like totally she's word. got azúcar. pretty good Italian. Come on, that. we can't all speak loads of languages. Do it again. Azúcar. Azúcar. No. Do they, but is that Spanish pronunciation rather than South American well, Azúcar, but not sucre. Well, no, that's true. But it's totally like, basically she says the wrong. Sucre. 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 And like the Italian is again because she doesn't she mm. knows Italian, but she anyway, I just annoyed me when she got it wrong. Oh Jane. But um anyway, she's disappointing. And then this is where we find out what the paintings are actually for. Oh, this is quite funny. I've not written this down, lads. You have to tell Wait, me. So they're for the, the research department at the Prado. Oh, yeah. Or like the not research, sorry, like restoration department at the Prado oh. to practice their techniques or so they, they have to be shit painting. The conservators are like practicing their Oh so lovely. Yeah. What was that thing in Surely they could get their own shit paintings. What was that thing? Was it was it in an Italian village a few years ago where the guy thought he'd he'd just have a go at restoring oh, no, that so it was a woman in the church. Fresco Homo Homo Oh my god, what is it? It was it Homo Eke Homo. Eke Homo, Eke Homo. And it was they changed to what? Eke Monkey? I can't remember. It was absolutely. She brilliant. was just trying to do the right thing. She just touched it up. But you just had it. Oh, it was brilliant. We'll see, if we, we'll see if we can get a picture. But I do know that it increased tourism to that area by like a thousandfold. So actually, it worked quite well. So I yeah. think Jesus might have been guiding her hand a little bit there. Yeah. So we, so, so we, got, we got a lot of comments about this episode. I feel like it's comfortable because I always forget that we've got comments until after Thank we. Thank you, Social Media Secretary. So Kim has made a very good point. Kim has said this is the first time we get to see Jane's family because, of course, we've seen Alex's family. Yeah. We've seen people from Alex's family before. She I says there's been random aunts and uncles. Oh, but yes, they are. No, they're all Alex's family. family. And she's made a good comment. She's um, so you know, no pressure, guys. She said it's a good episode with a great cast. This is true. It's got some very funny scenes, including the triple cross, which we haven't really mentioned. So there's another comment about that in uh, here, where Morris has said excellent episode and a believable triple cross because Lovejoy believes in his mentor. Well, because he runs oh, up and dumps him in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so really? when Tink says you so just lost is. the diamond. Why is it a triple yeah. cross though? So, so, Jim, it's a double so cross. Jim yeah. has cheated hands and he's cheated. And he's cheated Lovejoy. The, and he's cheated the people in the house. The and he's, he's cheated everyone. Oh, has he really cheated the Trenchards? Because they haven't actually lost anything, and he did look after their house. But he's cheated. He's cheated Lovejoy, which I think is a bit. For your mentor, you don't really know why. Does it's it? awful. Given that also Lovejoy clearly has a lot of awe and respect for this guy. Well, I, I thought that was. A and bit... Lovejoy actually really helps him out with this. Yeah, he does. But I think isn't that something that's very realistic? That's probably the most realistic. But you look up to somebody when you're younger, yeah. and you you can't. How can I put it? You look up to somebody. And you can't imagine them putting a foot no. wrong because they're your mentor and you believe or, in everything that they say, even though there might almost, be some things they do that's It's really almost dodged. the last lesson that he's teaching him as well, mm. which is don't trust anyone. Well, Lovejoy says, doesn't he? He taught me everything I know, but I'm still learning. Yeah. And that's another And hearing lies the proof. 
It's pretty mm-hmm. good. It's pretty good. So that was that. And then, I mean, basically, everybody really likes this episode on here. Um, I did enjoy it. Arwell, we haven't heard from Arwell Richards uh, for a while. Arwell says, uh, a proper episode of fakery, rogues and scams. Mm. Um, oh, and, and Phil Macker has just said, I assume it's one bottle each, ladies. <laughs> No, it's not. It's, it's actually one between, between two. Big, and yeah. then I'm not having any because... She's not having any for the obvious. I mean, technically there are four, four of us. There are four of us. I mean, pretty much here, four. I mean, yeah. there's, he's pretty much here. <laughs> so what have, we, what have we learned? Yes, about the oil thing. I thought that was quite interesting. Yes, the that painting. was interesting. The oil paints take 20 years to fully dry. 20 years. I'll never forget that now either. That's one of those facts that's just going to go in and I'll be like, oh, I was like, oh, I find that very interesting. If I ever decide to fake an oil painting, which I won't because I have no artistic ability, so, like, literally impossible for me to do. But I learned that you can't sell a piece of toast without provenance. I mean, yeah, exactly. I'm I'm still not convinced it was really his toast. I mean, come on. I think we learned. I was reminded of how much I love cricket. But, I mean, that's not really a. I mean, it just, you certainly were. It, 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 yeah, <laughs> it really, really amused me. And um, I sort of, it sort of also taught me again not to trust anybody, not to fully trust anyone, which I think is a bit sad. Because yeah. I'm one of those people. I always say, like, if you combine me and my husband, my husband thinks that everybody is out to scam him and to get him, mm. and he, he sort of thinks. Yes, I think everybody is inherently lovely. Really, it's like so. I said my grandma used to go like my dad joked that my grandma would probably said of Hitler, we maybe he had tummy ache. You know, yeah. she thought everybody. <laughs> oh, my was, like that. She thought everybody was just an inherently good person. Yeah, naive. it's that kind of naivety where yeah. you just want to protect them and be she like, was just oh. a gorgeous person, mm. so lovely. Um, but Lovejoy teaches us that that naivety is misplaced and yeah. <laughs> trust no one. Um, antique of the week. Jane's trousers, I loved them. I Her brown, probably real leather. Probably she's real leather because she's trousers. And and they weren't really well. They were vegans in those days, but they weren't very in. Were they? <laughs> yeah, and pleather. I don't think they didn't have the technique to I mean, make it. How and they were in a shooting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, I, there was a there was a vegan girl. So obviously, at this time, like in my school, in my secondary school, and my. Yeah, a girl that I knew was vegan, and it was so Odd. weird yeah. because she was like the only person in the whole school who was vegan. It was like a known. And thing. now we've got quite a few students who are vegan. Well, we always have no, to get it's, it is way more mainstream, isn't it? Um, um, I also quite like the frame on the Klimt. I actually just like the Klimt. I like Klimt. I think that was me. Sorry. Sorry, what? That would be my antique of the week. Would yeah. it be yours as well? We're going to share it. Yeah, we'll share. We'll share. I mean, it's it. quite big. Klimt is quite. Yeah, big. we could just cut it in but half. But it was nice. I also like the fact <laughs> oh, that you can have. You can have the real one. I'll have the fake. No, I also one. like. <laughs> the, I also no. Don't trust the reproduction. Me. I also like the fact though that it wasn't that it looked slightly different, so it wasn't like the woman in gold. So yeah, I see, was like, I didn't like that painting. I was like, like, well, I want to have gilding. I want to have collage. I want to. But have... I like it when somebody famous has done a painting that isn't like all of their other paintings. So, mm. for example, so like um, uh, Dali did all those weird ones but the, the Dali painting I like the most is just the one of Christ looking down on the cross oh yeah it didn't look like any of these other paintings uh, marks out of ten. Oh, mm. it was good wasn't it, it oh, was I, I did <laughs> it was yeah it was. it was I'm going with everybody on Twitter I'm probably going to give it a nice solid eight I thought it was very good yeah I, I feel like I'm going towards an eight it was pretty oh, good I might give it an 8.5 the Ooh. 0.5 is for George Harrison's toast which just and I know proportionate role in this episode for you I but, think. but oh it just that that part of it just really and I know I say this every episode but it just is really 
what's the word I'm looking for? Just making me remember being 12 or 13. And Aww. it was awful being 12 and 13. And it's so much fun to relive it now where I've come into my power. <laughs> you and I'm an adult and you woman. Survived. Yeah, and I made it through. And I, and I really feel like when I'm watching these episodes, I'm somehow connecting with Aww. 12, 13 year old me who. And to remember that some parts of me haven't changed because I do think Popmobilia is really cool and I'd love to invest in it if I had the money and that would be my antique interest, really. And I'd be really good at it. So, um, so yeah, that was a very long-winded way of me saying (laughs) 8.5. So, yeah, this broadcast on the 7th of March, 93, so I would have been 11. And I would have been 12, yeah. Yeah. Little tiny baby. Little tiny people. And apparently, according to Lovejoy episode guides online, um, this is, Denzel London making the first of two appearances as Jim Leonard, Lovejoy's old mentor. What? Yeah. So he comes back even after scamming him. He's got the yeah. nerve to come back. Yeah. Wow. Well, we'll wait yeah. for that, listeners. It's in a, it's in the last series, I think. So you know, you've got a bit of time. <laughs> yeah, you've got a little to, while to, to wait. Yeah. Well, but yeah, it was very enjoyable. It was, it was really enjoyable. Um, I haven't really got anything else to say about it though, because my me- my brain's just going cricket, 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 cricket. cricket, 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 cricket. Uh, follow us online at Lovejoy A Pod. Um, please, um, if you can, and and tell your friends about us, and subscribe, yes. and rate and review, and because that's how we people will find out. for ages. Send us a review. We want a review. <laughs> you do send that review. I know, and no, no one gives us a review. It's because we've got a core listener base now yeah but they haven't all reviewed us call listener base right. try and tell somebody at work about this and 23 reviews it. we've got we've got a 4.5 well, that's, that's pretty good isn't it if yeah. you do have any spare cash then we're working towards our PRS license which will allow us to play music and have fun um, on Patreon which is patreon.com forward slash lovejoy actually um, and if you just want to buy us a coffee and when I say coffee I obviously mean a bottle of kava then um, come and find us on coffee.com uh, which is ko-fi.com forward slash lovejoy actually what else would it be and we will see exactly you that. next time with a guest presenter one assumes because Helen will have yes, had tiny baby Eric I then. will so <laughs> goodbye everyone for a few it actually probably only be for a few episodes because you know we're recording these super in advance mm. so actually although in real life it's going to be a few months in podcast world it might only be like we five episodes we can't afford her maternity pay yeah yeah oh I, I, I am consulting an employment lawyer over how I've been treated well hopefully you'll be back for series five if not before yes hopefully but you know we'll see yeah yes and in the meantime. So bye everyone for bye. now. Bye. bye.